Okay, so hopefully in the past we've convinced you to give email marketing a try. However, there are so many mistakes that we see makers making over and over again with their email marketing and hands up, we are so guilty of a lot of these ourselves. So in this episode, we wanted to cover a whole bunch of these mistakes and how you can change them, turn them around, fix them in your own email marketing. This is episode 53 of the Business and Making Podcast. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. G'day everybody, Jess here and welcome back to the Business of Making podcast. Well, I hope it's back, unless this is your first episode, in which case welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. I am here with the intelligent and wonderful Deb. Hello. And also intelligent and wonderful Mick. Hello, I'm glad. I just like if I don't say something, it's it's gonna think and people are gonna think I'm Michaela. just talking about Deb. And the other one. <laughs> and the other chick who's here sometimes. <laughs> You're awesome. Okay. So today we have an important topic that we have touched on before, which is email marketing. Please don't switch off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something very specific, which is mistakes you might be making with your email marketing that might be tanking your success rates with your email marketing. So we have a big list of lots of things we brainstormed before. We actually prepared for this episode. Well done, Yes. Us. Well, I mean, we have like a bullet point list. It's yeah, not we, like we have. That's prepared. We didn't even quite get to the nine because I only gave two points. So we got eight points. <laughs> You'll think of something. It's fine. It'll come to you as we go. Meanwhile, I'm still in my togs because I went to the beach this morning. And I'm in my pajamas. So we're, it's all good. Uh, Mika is actually recording like with a pillow behind her because her shoulder is like hurt so you know Aww. i'm actually really happy you're like loving the podcast so much that you're like yeah i'll still record because i'll be like nah <laughs> i'm hurt <laughs> she's dedicated dedicated yeah, to the dedicated. cause <laughs> love it okay so we're going to be talking about that um a little bit of background on the whole email marketing shenanigans um we have done a few episodes in the past on this are you looking them up for me, Deb? You have a very serious look on your face. Oh, because I, I know Michaela bu- normally does, but she, she's a little no, bit. No, I wasn't, but I, I was looking at the bullet point list for, the, for this episode, but I can do that. Okay. While you're doing that, uh, we'll give you guys the numbers and we'll put them in the show notes for this episode. But um, we actually, about a few months ago, we did a few episodes and we also ran an email marketing live interactive workshop series, which was super fun and we really enjoyed it. And it's now, as of this episode going live, I believe, it is now available as a download. So if you missed doing it live, you can actually go and buy the three workshops and work through them at your own pace. And it's, it's a recording of the live workshops. So not only do you get the stuff that we planned to teach you in those workshops, you, there's a whole bunch of extra awesome information that came out of the interaction with our students in those workshops that you'll get access to as well. So we have three workshops, kind of, you know, how to set up your email marketing, 
and um, what to send to people <laughs> and how often to send to people, like how to set up a schedule, all of which we'll probably be touching on a little bit because there's a lot of ways you can stuff that stuff up um, in today's episode. So if you want to get access to those workshops, head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash workshops and you can check them out for yourself because by the end of this episode, you might be like, mm, that's something I really need to work on. So that will help you. Um, and shout out to our patrons. A lot of them participated in the live workshops. And also, if you are a patron, you get a 10% discount on buying these workshops. So, oh, a $5 patron, I'm sorry, a platinum patron. It's our platinum patrons who get uh, that discount. So if you're not already a patron, I guarantee you it will be cheaper to become a patron and then buy it. So go check that out over on patreon.com forward slash T-B-O-M for the business of making easy to remember and it's not the book of mormon because that is what that is what the hashtag on instagram is for and so we can't really use it t-bomb well we could we'll just get you know in in midst of book of mormon things okay um i'll put episode numbers before we dive in maybe if you are going in your head what is email marketing and why do i need that uh episode 30 was why having a mailing list for your handmade business is vital then we did one on what should you send to these people (laughs) once they sign up which was 31 and then there is one uh another one a bit later 34 which is what email marketing software should you use because that's also you know, something that once you know you want to have an email list, you can spend multiple hours <laughs> on Google trying to research. So we sort of broke that down for you in this episode. Absolutely. Okay. So I think we just take some turns. Deb, you, I'm, I'm totally throwing it to you because you were the first one to actually put down your, <laughs> your thoughts. So what are some of the things, what's one of the things that people do wrong or don't do as well as they could? So my first one was you're forgetting to track your open rates and your click-through rates. Stay with me. <laughs> I feel like people are like, what is she talking about? <laughs> it's really just saying that sometimes once you start going with your email marketing, you're focused a lot on how many new members or not new members, so new signups you get, so many email um, you've been getting. And that's great because you want to see that number growing. But what's even more important is making sure that people are actually interacting with your emails and that they are opening them. So that's your open rate. So that means, you know, you're doing a good enough job with your subject line that they want to click on it. And once, once it's open, the click through rate is how many people have opened this email and actually clicked on the link that you put in there. So to go back to your shop or whatever it is that you're sharing with them. And that's really important because it gives you different, um, ideas and what you need to tweak. So if people are not opening your emails, then you might want to work on your subject lines and do a better job at that. Or maybe they're opening, but then they're not clicking on your link, then maybe your content inside the email isn't the best. And I think Jess has a point on that later, so I'm not going to go too deep in that. But it's really not getting stuck into the vanity metric of going, how many email subscribers do I have? And really more focusing on are they opening and are they reading and clicking on my emails? That's really important. I think I want to address an issue here that I see a lot of people worrying about, and that's unsubscribes. Um, you will have unsubscribes. That's just a normal part of the process. Obviously, if you have like 50 subscribers, you're probably going to get, you know, hopefully get less than subscribes than somebody who has 5,000 subscribers. Uh, you know, your, your percentage will vary and the number of people who unsubscribe will vary. I think it's kind of a, you've got to keep an eye on it. Like, yeah, some unsubscribes are normal, so don't freak out about that. However, if you're consistently getting a lot 
of unsubscribes like more than normal or it's changed in some way, then do have a think about that and think why that might possibly be. Are you sending too many emails? Are you sending the wrong type of content? Um, you know, those are things that you can be doing as well that can be causing issues. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on one of my points, which was making emails too long and people just get bored or frustrated. Like they'll start reading them and then they'll be like, nah, this is, I've lost interest. <laughs> or they'll feel like it's too much pressure to actually read through those emails mm. all the way. So they'll just unsubscribe because it's like, oh, that's just, I feel like I have to read them if I'm subscribed to them. So I think that's completely relevant, especially if it's a, um, if there's a sale at the end of it or if it's just about your products. Um, and it, I think it really depends though in what type of emails that you send normally because people do love a story. So you could definitely get away with having a longer email, you know, once every four emails or something like that. Um, as long as the, the story that you're telling is valuable, then people will read it and they'll be engaged and that can build your relationship with them. But you really need to be careful because if it is just a, like this is what I'm doing today and these are the markets I'm going to next week and all oh, the markets were hard, you know, like it needs to actually be interesting for people. So definitely don't mm. um, wrap it on too much if it's not a valuable, interesting story for people. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And tying that back to what you were saying, you might want to watch that as well. Like you want to experiment because maybe some mm. of you are really great storyteller mm. and actually those long emails are going to work well for you if you, but first break them down so that someone can skim through it with their eyes and sort of see, you know, like you want to emphasize a bold sort of like a few sentences so that if you were to only read those ones, your email would still make sense. Yeah, like I know when point. I do a long email, it rarely happens. But when I do, sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm going to write a long email today. I make sure that I can read only the bold parts or the titles and that it still makes sense if I'm skipping everything else. So that, that's what I would say um, is the best way yeah, to put it. Have like one main takeaway. So like if, you, yeah. if it is going to be a long one, it's got to have one main point mm. because if you have 17 main points, that's when it's like, oh my God, people are not going to be engaged with yeah. that at all and they're just going to totally switch off and, you know, your call to action is just lost amongst all of those points. Yeah. Mm. So I have one. And then the point. unsubscribe rate that Jess was mentioning as well, if it's much higher on those emails, you know, you're not, that's not working yeah. for you or vice versa. Okay. If those emails actually people are more like they're engaging, they're replying to you, they're clicking more then you know, you're maybe a great storyteller and that's more kind of where your brand should go. Uh, but you want to, you want to watch that. And yeah, great points about watching the unsubscribe per email because that does give mm. you, an idea of what you're doing right or wrong. Yeah, because you can sort of work out, it's all about tracking, as you said, Deb, but it's about, um, you know, noticing trends. So mm. if people are unsubscribing on the same types of emails, you know that that's something that you need to change. If it's all different, then you might need some other way of working out what's what's going yeah. on there. Actually, sorry, I feel like this one point just turned into 10 mistakes, but <laughs> here we go. <laughs> that's that's how we do the podcast. Um, yeah. Sometimes for those of you who are selling two products that are slightly different or could appeal to different type of customers, um, they might be unsubscribing because you're talking about a part of your shop that they don't necessarily have an interest in. So maybe you have printables for baby 
rooms and stuff like, like decor and you also sell baby accessories, but they're not really interested in that. They just wanted to do graphics. And if suddenly you're just sending, you got them in with an, a lead magnet or a freebie that was a free printable or something like that. And they're expecting to see those graphics and home decor stuff from you. And then suddenly you're sending a lot more of actual, you know, uh, little needs for beanies and stuff. And they're like, I don't really know why I'm getting that. This is not really what I signed up for, then it might be why you're getting unsubscribed on those emails because mm. the people are like, well, what is she talking about here? And you might just want to like segment your list, which is more advanced and we're not going to get into it now. I think we do mention it in the workshop a bit more. Um, but yeah, it's it's a matter of making sure that you're sending the right content to the right people and you're keeping them interested. Yeah. That's Definitely. such a good point. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So another one that uh, I had on my list was, well, Covering too many different topics in one email. So we oh, haven't covered that one. There you go. Sorry, I stole it. <laughs> and I think this is just to elaborate on that point because something that came to mind when we were talking. If you're like educating people, like you've written like, you know, a blog post or an essay type thing about something and you have multiple, multiple points to make. Again, like Michaela said, you still have a, you still have a central point that you're making at the end and you can break it down a little bit. Like some of the emails I've um, gotten the best response from in, from Crate and Thrive are those really educational ones. But again, they're broken down into paragraphs, into headers. Um, you know, sp- split up your sentences. Like when you, I've seen this too too many times from like artists and makers. When you get an email and there's like this wall of text, it's they've just, just wall of text, they've just yeah. written a square, yeah, <laughs> written out of their like extreme of consciousness written this massive wall of text and you're just like ah no that's on it's really hard to read that on a device especially on a phone most people are looking at your emails on their phones Mm. you need to remember that and break those walls of text up into short readable paragraphs or even sentences to make it easy yeah even even more than you would think like Mm. you kind of need to put a bit of design into it in in that you are really formatting the text in the way that someone might speak. So instead of having a paragraph, you would split it out to sentences and then maybe like two words are on, on their own line because that's, that's how you're using your emphasis. So mm. really start to think about how the formatting of your text is looking, like you can bold stuff and, you know, really play around with it a little bit to see how you can get that emphasis into the words because you know everyone knows that email written text all of that stuff can be misconstrued so easily because there's no emotion in it so try and work out how you're going to put that emotion into those words Mm. that are on the page the digital page (laughs) yeah deb it's another one of yours uh okay my other one was you uh you what is it what what did i write (laughs) You don't make it a priority and come up with a calendar of what goes out and when. Okay. So that is really what I was talking about in my workshop as well, which was number two. And it was all about having a calendar of what's going out and not treating it as, you know, an item. Cause I see that a lot and it's usually an item on the, on the to-do list that's like send a newsletter and you have that on your to-do list for the week. And you're like, I'm, you know, really determined to do that this week but other stuff shows up and so you're like well you know I didn't send one last week so really I'll do it next week and it keeps on moving back and then at some stage it's like well I didn't send anything in three months and so it becomes harder and harder so I'm really big on having some sort of calendar it doesn't have to be every week doesn't have to be every two weeks even if it's just once every three weeks that's fine but be um be clear with what you send and when you send it so that you can become strategic with it as well and sort of line that up with what's going on in your shop, new collection, a promotion, a holiday that's coming up, um, anything that you might have 
going on. So it's not just I have an, a newsletter and sometimes I remember to email my people. It's like, no, actually that's a priority in my marketing plan. And it's probably more important than posting on Instagram tomorrow. So if that, those two things are on your to-do list, I would definitely prioritize the newsletter and make sure that you send it out. And that goes into my point too, which is just don't be super inconsistent with when you send. Don't send two one week and then not send for a month and then send another three in the next week because you've remembered. But I think, Deb, um, your point there goes a little bit more into also knowing what you're going to send as in knowing what Mm. content or theme or whatever it is that that you're having a plan for it because I think a lot of people do – even if they have it on their calendar for the week and they're like, okay, yep, I'm going to do it. And then they sit down to do it, but they don't know how to tie it into their overall marketing strategy. So having an idea. And <laughs> I just wanted to say too, like, don't feel bad if you're doing all of these mistakes because I am. I currently am doing <laughs> all of these mistakes. So don't feel bad about it. Like just try and get on track and do the opposite of what we're talking about now. Yeah, we're talking about best practice. And mm. how do we learn these things? <laughs> a lot of us learned them from personal experience. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> or from the experience of our students. So that's, you know. Mm. Yeah, and if you need help with that, definitely get onto the workshop series mm. that we have at thebusinessofmaking.com slash workshops because workshop two is all about setting up a three-month calendar. And it's yeah. I think we have like over 20 ideas of what you could be talking mm. about in your emails plus a few exercises to help you understand and figure out what you should talk about for your specific situation at a specific time of the year. So like, I mean, imagine if you had a three month calendar plan, like it's so less stressful as well. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, of course I'm going to send an email tomorrow. Cause I know what I need to talk about. The problem usually was not sending it is because you're like, Oh, got to come up with an idea here. And I don't have one cause my brain is fried from working all day. So I'll just procrastinate on that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where having actual planning time in your calendar is really important. Mm. Cause if you don't have plan, this is a whole nother episode, but if you don't have dedicated planning time for your business, yeah, this stuff always falls by the wayside. And uh-huh. I, this is, this is definitely from personal experience that I'm oh, saying this year. And that's like one of the whole reasons we even decided to do the workshop is to give you guys the time to sit down and do it. It's like giving you a good excuse to get your work done. <laughs> you know, it's a bit yeah. of a, um, yeah, I think it's really nice to be able to get together with people, but which was good in the live version. But even if you set the time in your calendar to do this, then it'll happen. If you don't set the time, it's not going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So another one that came to mind for me when we were talking about that, um, which, which made, it made me think of the workshop I did, which was all about how to get people onto your mailing list. Um, and that's a huge problem. People don't market their mail. Like they don't share it. They don't market it. You've got to tell people it I'm exists. I'm making that mistake right now too. <laughs> all of these. All of them. You have to tell people it exists on a regular basis and make it easy for them to sign up. What a lot of people will do is they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've put a sign up like on the bottom of my homepage or something. And that's literally the only place that they put their, their email marketing sign up and then wonder why nobody's signing up. It's because nobody is seeing it and nobody is paying any attention to it. So, I mean, in, I'm not going to go into detail because in that workshop I gave like 11 billion ways to, <laughs> to um, you know, 11 billion places to put your link and, and market it. But you, you need to be talking about it and encouraging people to sign up and giving them a reason to subscribe as well. Like mm. don't, don't just write, join my email newsletter. Boom. No, why would I? <laughs> why would anybody? Mm. You need to give them a reason. Even if it's not a discount or some sort of incentive, which we are, do encourage, give them more of a reason than, 
join my email newsletter. <laughs> like, yeah. find at least something like keep uh, keep up with my latest designs or something like that that gives them a bit more of a oh maybe I want to do that because I really love this person's work. Mm. So yeah, that's a big yeah. One. It's really saying the same thing, but in a way that's a bit more like what I'm actually going to get from that. Because when I read join my newsletter, um, do you remember RSS feed? I mean, I think I think they still exist. RSS feeds were like from blogs and you could like subscribe to like RSS feeds to get, I don't know what kind of feed from the blog. It's such an old thing. When I see join my new... Hold that thought, Deb. If anyone thinks that Deb is saying heiress, as in like you're going to get money from your rich king father, no, it's not heiress. She's saying RSS. Yes, it took me a few times as well. Air. What? Okay. The French for R is air. So that's why. Okay. (laughs) We figured that. Thank you. It's a Frenchism. So RSS feed, that's what they were. Um, I feel like when I read join my newsletter, to me, it sounds exactly like join my RSS feed. Like Mm, I'm like, boring, what does that mean? I don't Mm. really understand. I'm definitely not going to do that. So yeah, definitely just the wording there is really, really important. Mm. Yeah. Tell them what they're getting. What's, what's the benefit to them? What's the Mm. benefit to them for giving you their email? Because we all get yeah. so many emails. They have to have they, a benefit. Yeah. They need to know that they're going to be provided with value from it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be worth their time and worth opening their emails and clogging up their bloody email boxes with 20,000 emails. <laughs> Not yeah. that you guys are sending 20,000 emails, but, you know, you're adding to that. So it needs to be mm. worth their, their time and effort for sure. Yeah, for sure. Hey there, Mecca. If you're loving the show, you can show us your support by becoming one of our patrons on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. We have behind the scenes content. We've got shout outs. We've got links happening. There's a whole bunch of different rewards for becoming a supporter. So head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support to find out more. It will really help us to make sure we can keep bringing this show to you every single week. Um, okay, so another one that I put down was talking like a robot or talking very formally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to do that. I mean, some a lot of the really big kind of names in the email marketing industry, blah, 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 that I'm subscribed to, man, their emails are super casual. Mm. They, they sound like they're talking to their bestie, you know, and yeah. that's for their market, that is perfect and it's it works really well for them. Like, you know, dropping G's and just writing and using um, slang and stuff like that. It's perfectly fine if that's who your target market is. So you need to think about who your target audience are. I mean, if if your target audience are like super rich, fancy people, then maybe you want to, you know, but hey, there's plenty of super rich, fancy people who talk like I don't know teenagers so who knows you know you gotta you gotta Mm. know who your market is and you gotta make sure that you're not alienating them with your language yeah I think yeah yeah, that all comes back to copywriting and not a lot of people have a lot of uh, knowledge around copywriting and how to do it effectively but I was listening to a podcast once and it was so long ago I can't remember who it was so I can't credit them but they were talking they were saying um, basically that when doing when doing any communication with the audience think about that one ideal audience member and think of them as a friend and write as if you were talking to that friend mm. or you know audience per- perfect target market person um, and that one person so 
when you are telling a story or when you're talking about your product, it does seem more, um, it's relate more relationship building and more, uh, connecting, I guess, with your audience rather Mm. than just talking at them. You're, it's more likely you're having a conversation with them. And I think too, it comes back to your brand and your brand personality and the tone of voice that you use in your brand. So as just said, if your target market are a very formal group, then of course use formal language. Like you got to know your target market to know that. But I would say a lot of us in the handmade marketplace are possibly not super formal audiences. Maybe, maybe not, but a lot of the time, maybe not. So um, yeah, just really think about your target audience and, that tone of voice and the personality of your actual brand. And if you need help with that, I just want to give a quick shout out to a friend of ours, Marissa from the savvystudio.com.au. She's, um, she's a copywriter and she's a content strategist and all sorts of other things, but she's, um, helped us out numerous times with some copy and it really helps us to know that we're on the right track with our brand personality and tone of voice too. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give her a little shout out, the savvystudio.com.au. name's Marissa. She's awesome. So if anyone does need any help with their copywriting or working out what their personality of tone of voice is for your business, then definitely go and check out her website and see what she can do to help you. Mm, I think that's really, really cheap. Yeah. Thanks, Marisa. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about email here, so I won't go on a mega tangent, but that applies to for your product description and any Mm. kind of, you know, captions that you're going to write on social media. There's a lot that you actually have to write. Mm. Um, You know, you kind of turn into a copywriter when you run your business online these days. Like all this (laughs) content you have to create, let alone if you have a blog, like, God, that's all you do then. I feel like that's all I'm doing. (laughs) So having someone that, even if you work with someone like that just a few times to help you sort of like recalibrate how your messaging is. Yeah, and it's mean. really like, helpful because you can reuse a few of the same phrases and stuff that they've put together and that are really brilliant and mm. use that several times. Like no one is going to point and be like, oh, you've said that four emails ago, the same exact <laughs> sentence. No one cares that much about your brand. <laughs> no. So yeah. And you get known for things too. Like a lot of my students, I have a certain few phrases that I just use over and over again. And my students are like, as Jess says, you know, like they did, they get to know that yeah. that's it. And then it sticks in their brain because is it seven times you need to hear something before it like sticks mm-hmm. in your brain or, you know, really lands with you. So don't be afraid to say things multiple times. Definitely. Totally. I think that is a nice little segue into my last point. <laughs> I still only had two points, but never mind. Um, about it goes back to confidence and not being afraid to, well, not being afraid really. So, if you are writing your emails and you've got it all set out and then you kind of freak out and you don't press send. So that's a big mistake. It's just not pressing send. You have to be confident Mm. that you're not talking to people too often unless you're emailing your list like multiple times a day, you know, like once a week we say is a good amount. You could do it more than once a week and it might still be fine. It depends on your audience, but don't be afraid to talk to your audience more than you think you should. Some people are doing it once a month. It's probably not enough. So don't, yeah, just don't be afraid and remember to press send because what's the worst that can happen? You'll get a few unsubscribes. You'll figure out how to do it better next time. There's no such thing as failing. So yeah, just press send. Yeah, absolutely. That can be a huge obstacle for people. Mm. Um, My last point was you're not actually selling your products or you're not mentioning your products. But by that, I really mean you feel like it's super awkward. You don't want to be pushy, mm. salesy and all of that, which most creatives hate doing. Like it's not mm. necessarily comfortable to be like, hey, here's this product and it's new and you should buy it now. But really that is what your list is there. 
And I think this is one of those where it doesn't bother you when other people do it. You know, of course, some brands you get annoyed and you unsubscribe because you don't like their tone of voice. <laughs> but imagine how many emails, actually count it like for a week or whatever, how many emails you get from other shops or other big brands that are sending emails to you, that are selling stuff to you. Um, and you're not there thinking, oh my God, they're trying to sell me something. You stay subscribed because you like it. And even though this one time you're not necessarily ready to purchase, you do want to be kept in the loop. And so you have to remember that this is why your list exists and that if you're not using it to make sales, um, it's really kind of a waste of energy, time and yeah, money if you pay mm. for your uh, subscription. So, you know, sell your products. Like don't, you know, it's, it's, and that kind of ties back to being confident as well. Like you shouldn't be scared mm. of that. If people are going to unsubscribe because you're selling your stuff, well, let them because then they're never going to buy from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, don't think that you should always just send them blog posts or updates on like the behind the scenes and stuff like that. Sometimes it's fine to just say, hey, there's a new collection. You can click here to buy it. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Totally. And let's, um, let's touch on the angry email for a moment because sometimes, very rarely, you might get somebody emailing you back and go, blah, blah, I didn't like this, blah, blah, about the email that you just sent. Yes. We've all had that experience. I love those. Yes. Lots of people complain about my swearing. <laughs> Why are they there that they should know I you? I know. Well, I've, I've now put thing. a disclaimer when they sign up. I'm like, there will be swearing. If that doesn't jive with you, leave now. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I mean, even the silly things like somebody, my favourite <laughs> is when somebody emails me and tells me I've spelt something wrong because I've spelt it the Australian way and not the American way. <laughs> yeah, I, I have had that before too, actually, <laughs> about jewellery specifically. I'm like, yes. no, that's how you spell it. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. Um, that, that sort of one just makes me laugh and I just reply with, well, actually. <laughs> uh, but most of them I just delete. And I actually, mm. if, somebody's, if somebody is angry or, you know, negative in some way, don't be afraid to unsubscribe them from your list. Mm, they haven't yes. unsubscribed themselves because why do you want that? Why are you paying to have that person on your email marketing list if you're paying? Yeah, but it, totally. you don't want them in your sphere. If they're, if they're going to be mm. that sort of person, um, then just get rid of them. Yeah, they can yeah. always resubscribe if they want to come back, but, you know, they probably mm. won't even notice. And totally. yeah. They won't ever, you know, get that email that they can reply to in a negative way again. Now, I don't want to scare you about this. It's the likelihood of this happening is very, very low. It's happened to me like twice ever. So it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not a big deal at all. No, it's not a big deal. But I just want to prepare you that if it ever does happen, remember that you have the power here, that it's your email list. You can Mm. say whatever you want. And if people don't like it, they can leave. Yeah, yeah, and it's always about them, right? Like yeah. if someone's having a cranky day and they're going off at you, it's about them. It's not about you. So don't take it on board as if it were about you because mm. it's yeah. not, never is. I actually mm. had one not too long ago that sent me an, like a ranty email and then the next day they sent me an apology because oh, they, yes. they were like, yeah. I'm so sorry, that was really inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I got that a few times, more than wow. I like to admit. Yeah, it's crazy. And sometimes I can't be bothered. So I'm just going to be like, that's really rude. I'm not going to reply to that. I don't have time for that. But there's other weeks where I'm just like, oh, let me write the (laughs) kindest email possible to this person. It's just like, you know, kill them with kindness, this thing. And then you usually get an email back that's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was really someone behind the email reading it. Mm. Mm. And, you know, to them, it was a way to vent. 
and they feel really embarrassed after that because they're like oh sorry that was like a real person that I'd kind of like and I was like yeah sort of read my emails like you sent me an email that brings up a really good point and that if you do get a cranky customer or anything emailing you don't don't reply in anger back oh no yes yes you have have to you have to have a break especially if it um is actually upsetting to you but also yeah, you got to step back and go, okay, well, the best way to deal with this, even if they're like completely out of line, the worst way to deal with it is to antagonize that mm-hmm, by mm. being defensive or whatever. So the best way to deal with it is, as Deb said, kill them with kindness. You just reply back mm. non-patronizing, like totally just trying to solve their problem. And then they'll probably go, oh yeah, I was being a dickhead. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really. Yeah. You can yeah. hope. And this is like the hope. best feeling. You're like, Yes. <laughs> And yes. then usually they will stay subscribed forever after that. They'll mm-hmm. probably buy one of your products just because they feel bad. <laughs> it's great marketing, you guys. Yeah. I, was, I was at a conference once and um, they were saying like, it, it was a business conference or whatever, and they were saying that if you ever stuff up in your business, the best way to make a, a loyal customer, a customer for life, if you've stuffed up with them, is to just... Um, you know, make it better for them because then mm. they know that you're going to fix any problem that's there. So it actually makes people more loyal. Mm. So mm. yeah, try just, yeah, kill them with kindness. Solve mm. the problem and then they'll be super loyal. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe. maybe, not always, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can only hope. Yeah. Uh, right. I think that's all that we've uh, got to share with you today. There are no doubt other mistakes that you can be making, but I think we've thrown enough at you right now. Uh, if you are feeling like, oh my God, help, then <laughs> go listen to those previous podcast episodes for starters. And then if you want more help after that, go and get our workshops which are over at thebusinessandmaking.com forward slash workshops and are available right now thank you so much for listening to the show uh if you are one of our wonderful community members over in our facebook group you can just look us up on facebook we'd love to know what mistakes you have made with your email marketing and how you solve them or how you would like other people to help you solve them so uh come on over and tell us about that and if you enjoyed this episode please do share it with your friends because that is how a lot of people are finding us so hello to everybody who has found us via somebody mentioning this podcast in usually a facebook group or on instagram and uh we will be back again next week with yet another episode of the show thanks so much everybody and bye for now bye bye Are you gonna need to wait for me to find the bullet point? <laughs> I was like, what are we today? We're on fire. <laughs>